and welcome to Cheap Seats Season 7, Episode 1. I am Kobe Manzo, your host here with Derek Duncan. How you guys doing today? And we have three gentlemen in the booth across from us joining us today. Go ahead and go around, start with Mitch, and just introduce yourself, guys, real quick. How you doing, Mitch Howell? Uh, I play sports. Hi, I'm Derek Steele, and I play sports. Hi, I'm Adam Schrader, and I also play sports. There you go. Well, you have it. So on Cheap Seats, just for those of you who may have not been with us in the past, we like to give a rundown of anything from professional to college sports. Stay away from high school sports mostly, but um, not afraid to give our opinion. And we're going to get started today right off the bat with a little bit of NFL talk, guys. So getting us started here, our MVP and Defensive Player of the Year candidates. I know there could be people from across the league that you know, I've been considered obviously a lot at the quarterback position, but what do you guys think? Who are the front runners right now? Um, one person I do think that is underrated is Christian McCaffrey. I think he's keeping Carolina really moving, and he's the part of why the reason why they have so many wins, um, or why they have any wins. <laughs> um, but I think that he's kind of underrated in that. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the hype I think is around Lamar. Um, Patrick Mahomes hasn't really been doing his thing, but yeah, it seems to be like the quarterbacks are taking charge of that yeah and christian mccaffrey actually now the youngest uh nfl player to earn the 99 overall in madden uh, that was pretty sweet to see they uh, presented him with the trophy at uh practice the other day so i knew he was pumped up about that um, my pick i think personally is uh also russell wilson yeah um dangerous has, for us yeah he's always uh dangerous and uh for the seahawks right now 23 touchdowns and two interceptions along with uh 2,737 passing yards. I mean, he's having a good year. He's always having a good year, but I feel like this year, especially with how good his numbers are, he could really be a front runner. For sure, and the stats don't lie, especially with a guy like uh, Russell Wilson, who has the ability to throw the ball and run the ball, which um, if you look at Lamar's play style and how he's kind of popularized that kind of play style, um, there have obviously been a lot of doubters for him in that you know, they, people don't think a quarterback can run in the NFL. That You have to be a, a strictly pocket passer, and I think that people don't give enough credit to Russ for he kind of started to change that um, with his play definitely. and how he was elusive back in the pocket and get out and make, uh, make plays with his feet. So definitely yeah. give him a little bit of credit for that, but Lamar does a great job as well. Now, how many of you during that uh, Seahawks game against the 49ers were kind of like, what, who, what teams were you guys voting for? I was kind of going for the 49ers. I like, oh, I love the 49ers were was, my favorite football team. I was going team. for the Niners. And I, I was a little heartbroken when I saw him lose okay. against the Seahawks. Yeah. It was kind of hard, but what, what do you guys think about that? Remember going into that game, the 49ers were undefeated. I believe they were like 6-0 and or something no, like that. they were like 8-0. No. Okay, they were undefeated yeah. going into uh, Thursday night football against the Seahawks. Everyone had them playing. But going back to uh, Russell Wilson, he proved that game why he should be in the conversation for MVP. Yeah. Just yeah. going into San Francisco, playing the way he did, uh, outplaying Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, George Kittle that game. Um, just an excellent game by Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But that kind of brings us into talking about a big game like that against two powerhouse teams uh, into our Super Bowl favorites for this year and um, a couple teams that um, are standing out you know, to us as some of the top teams. Obviously, you have the Patriots uh, on top uh, sitting at 9-1 and one in the AFC East. But there are a couple other teams that um, – you know, people picked at the beginning of the year that um, to with pretty good Super Bowl odds that have not been looking like contenders. One of those for me has been the Cowboys now mm -hmm. sitting at six Definitely. and four. Yeah. They had a lot of talent, a lot of uh, positive outlook coming into the year, and frankly, a lot of people that were backing them. Disappointed, and, definitely. Yeah, they've yeah. definitely disappointed thus far, but I want to see. They st are still in the lead in the NFC East, so we'll have to see what happens there, what shakes out between uh, 
them the Eagles. But um, what about you guys as far as Super Bowls? Talk about the Niners a little bit and the Seahawks. So obviously New England, you know, big surprise. They're nine and one this year. Um, I'm really hoping that they get knocked off. Uh, I'm really kind of sick and tired of seeing him going to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I really hope. Love the Pats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, love the Pats. Bandwagon. Love my Bill Belichick. Love my Tom Brady. Yeah. Go blue, baby. Bandwagon, bandwagon. <laughs> no bandwagon. I just love good players and good coaches. Yeah, I mean, like it's, good. it's one thing to say, you know, that you know whether you like it or not, you do have to respect the, the fact dynasty. that. Yeah, at the that dynasty. level. And you've seen it in a lot of professional sports recently, um, you know, with the Warriors and basketball, but with – this legacy that the Patriots have started to build around their program and just being able to be constantly at that level of excellence for so long is super and impressive. A, and not guys. even with like a super team. It's just, yeah. it's a guy, it's a group of guys who know how to play football together. Yeah. And, and they, see that. they always find those guys who you don't think, you know, have any, the greatest examples yeah. of that are when they take the guys from the lions, <laughs> they take the lives <laughs> yeah. from the guys, yeah. the guys from the lions that were, you know, maybe not the most productive or didn't fill up the stat book just like Van you would Noy. expect. Van Noy is a great Noy. example of that. Yes, and then he plays they go, great for them. They go over to the Patriots, and all of a sudden they're having a breakout year, and you see that time and time again. Partially coaching, that's why I say I love the Patriots. But um, I do think there are a couple teams that people are kind of counting out because of this Baltimore Ravens hype. Uh, I yep. don't really think that they're going to be able to do that for the rest of the it's season. consistency for yeah, them. Yeah, right. And it's a young team. they got to learn. Uh, Lamar, when you're led by a young quarterback, the whole – outlook of your team's different you know yeah Lamar versus Experience. Tom Brady who's you know who's really gonna be better in the postseason we'll see um but I do think that Se the Seattle's gonna be doing their thing coming up here I mean they show they can play everybody saw it and uh I don't think the Packers are as good as everybody oh, gives no. them credit yeah. to the Cardinals. no they uh, they have been making quite the noise now and I think you know kind of leading that kind of leads us right into our next topic which is talking about our own Detroit team the Detroit Lions the, the Detroit disappointments but that game I'm against so the Packers, that, that ending against the Packers game kind of catapulted them into a lot of media success and a lot of success in games. I mean, they won some big games. Um, you know, you can argue, should they have won some of the big games they've won? doesn't matter, right, because a win is a win in the staff book. And so, you know, those guys have made a lot of noise. So that is something that you have to consider. Can we, can we talk about tanking? Uh, what is your guys' uh, uh, opinion about tanking? Like, for At example, Miami. Like, Miami, for example. Like, do you, do you think they're, like, they, they should, like, try to tank just to get a good uh, draft position? I don't think in football you can tank, like, yeah, like a basketball. It's, a, it's, a different, it's a definitely a because different thing for sure. you can't just come out there and say, I don't want to play football well, games. Look at, look at <laughs> Cincinnati. They're 0-10. What do you think about that? Like, I mean, I, I just think I they're think bad. They <laughs> but um, partially because – just whatever. I'm I mean, it's there. all about like AJ Green as well because AJ Green for Cincinnati is the only player that Cincinnati really has besides an aging Andy Dalton. But with the AJ Green kind of publicity, like oh, we're gonna pin him up on the trading block, try and trade him away. They wasted I know, a season. I know uh, Buffalo was one of the teams that possibly was in the talks about getting AJ Green, maybe sending a bunch of draft picks. Um, Maybe a running back out there, Devin Singletary, who has um, surprised a lot of people this year playing running back out in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, um, you know, kind of leading us into that, you know, tanking and that, that is definitely just to bring it right back to the Lions again with Matthew Stafford out, with uh, Jamal Agnew out, with some of these big names out mm -hmm. for the Lions, uh, Darius Slade just now coming back. People are starting to think, you know, well, what are we playing for? And that's the question that a lot of people ask themselves is what are we playing for? Because right now, frankly, they believe that we're just ruining our draft stock. And you can see both sides of the conversation. You really can. Because at one point, 
you want to have the opportunity to get those the most talented players at, in college football and from around you know wherever you're going to pick up these players in free agency. But the other side of it is that you want to have a competitive squad. You right. want to have a competitive football team. And it, so what comes first? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely difficult when you're start, your star court. I mean, Safford's been playing great this season. I think we can all pretty oh, much agree with that. Oh, that's definitely He'd be a pro bowler. Right, but the thing is, is, is he's not only doing good for himself but making his team better. Yeah. And I don't really blame the offense for a lot of things that they've been doing. I think our offense has actually showed up a little bit compared to what it's yes. been last year, especially like 100%. offensive linemen. Like, we've had a lot less problems up front. Um, but – Here's what I'm saying. The problem is is we had that Galladay, Stafford, and Marvin Jones trio going, and mm-hmm. that, that was keeping our offense alive. Yeah. I mean, they both got uh, eight touchdowns over 700 yards, and they know how to play. Like, they were getting the, the hands in their playmaker. Yeah. Um, the new offensive coordinator, I believe, is awesome, too. I like, I like his, his offensive mind, I think. He's from the Seahawks, too. Yeah, so the Lions right now sit at 3-6 and six at the bottom of the NFC North. It's kind of a disappointment, which – Kind of brings me what we're going to talk about now, which is uh, the teams and or players that have exceeded or failed expectation this season. Uh, so a couple of them, yeah, you see that I've kind of mentioned here, um, for me at least, are the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you talk about that uh, group of guys you've seen it kind of uh, all over Twitter. You have um, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kobe Brissett, and they were both backups for Tom Brady, and now look at the success that those guys have, ha- uh, guys have had. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of just crazy to see. We talk about you know the players, uh, the Patriots, the uh, the players that they pick up and they turn into productive, you know, players in this league. So talk about that and uh, what teams and players have exceeded or failed their expectations this season. Uh, I think a team that has exceeded expectations for me has been the uh, Raiders. I know they play in a weak AFC West, but mm-hmm. especially with the loss of AB, I think for them to be six and four right now and uh, competing actually with the mm-hmm. Chiefs yeah. to be atop mm-hmm. the AFC West is I think uh, like almost unbelievable for them. They handled the drama very well, they and did. Um, that's definitely something hard to do um, at this level. Uh, that's something that comes with a lot of players now, unfortunately, is that extra baggage and that drama and that ego. Um, not to say that I you know, dislike Antonio Brown. Uh, he's a great player on the field, and uh, he's definitely got a lot of character to him. Speaking but. of Antonio Brown, what do you think about all the players? Um, I'm just going to call them straight up, like, you know, like diva players, you know? Um, just like, for example, OBJ, we got, you know, Antonio Brown. Like, what do you guys think? Like, Miles Garrett. Guys. Personality guys. <laughs> Miles Garrett. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about OBJ. Like, I feel ever, like ever since, like, all the all this stuff's been happening, he's not been that good. He's not been that hot. So I think it's kind of like it's a little arrogant, should I say, lack of a better term. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, if, if you're good enough, then, yeah, you can act, you know, uh, you know, walk the walk. But if you're not even, like, showing up, you know, you're just throwing yeah. up. He, he is, though. Pointless. But, I mean, he still is a little bit. Like, he's, he's good, not, but he's not as – as fantastic. I mean, as I think it's a lo- his hype makes you think like he's supposed to be doing all this, like extra, you know. Yeah. But like he's he he's very like consistently, like okay this season like for Odell, yeah. um, and I think that's part partially because Baker Mayfield is all over the place. I mean, I hate to switch it up uh, about players, but. He's yeah. kind of been a disappointment this season. Watching him in the pocket, he is just not comfortable. I definitely, you know, wanted to touch yeah. on the Browns and kind of a disappointment that they've had this year. We Barry. knew last year it was going to be yeah. kind of a building year with a young Baker and uh, really getting those kind of personality players to yeah. gel together. But um, this year has been definitely a disappointment for those guys. I knew they were looking for bigger outputs. Um, but as we move on, I want to go right into uh, NCAA football, college football. So 
As we look at the playoff picture right now, we have Ooh. new faces. <laughs> We're getting new fun faces now. We're getting in the fun top now. four. So if we look at the AP Top 25 right now, we have LSU coming in at number one, Ohio State at number two, Clemson at number three, and Georgia at number four. Um, the only loss out of those four teams was Georgia, Georgia. who got beat yes. by a South Carolina team that has been, you know, Competitive, but very up inconsistent this year. That team has been they've really been, up and down. They've been very inconsistent this year, but they showed against Georgia that they can play with the best. Um, and then uh, Alabama is sitting at five. Which I don't. Let's be honest here. Alabama losing to Clemson or Georgia losing to South Carolina. And not only that, but let's yeah. think about our names. I just, if Alabama wins out, which they probably will, I think we're looking at my personal top four is Ohio State, Alabama, LSU. Um... And Clemson. Well, LSU, okay, LSU would have to be above Alabama for me just because they went. No, into... no, no, that's just my top. That's just oh, four. Okay. Just, yeah, that's okay, not my. Just, that's okay. not in order. Not in order. That yeah. makes sense because uh, I give a lot of respect to uh, LSU for going in there and winning at Alabama. Something that nobody has done, frankly, in a long time. And the way that they did that uh, with an exclamation point and really lit up that scoreboard. Yeah. Um, one more thing to keep touching on, like that playoff picture. Um, college football is always crazy, and it could always change, you know, just in the last couple of weeks. I mean, we got a lot of teams sitting at 9-1 and one still that yeah. aren't getting any yeah. credit. We got Utah. Minnesota. Oregon. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, but Cincinnati's fun. Yeah. Cincinnati's fun. They're, yeah. they're, they're, proving, they're turning some heads because last yeah. year they were doing the same kind of thing. For sure. Uh, Baylor's 9-1. and one. There's, there's a lot of good teams out there that still might be able to find their way into the playoff. Yeah. If, somebody does lose i but, mean you know. for me at least lsu obviously we touched on this a w little while ago going into alabama that was a statement when ohio state beating um penn state uh they play or no sorry ohio beating state wisconsin is, yeah, ohio state is playing uh, actually they, hosting penn state this weekend that's going to be a game for the ages that's going to be a game to prove is if ohio state can play with the big teams uh, Penn State obviously playing really well football. They lost to Minnesota on the road a couple weekends ago. That's really the only um, bad spot on the record this year. Um, but with Ohio State, if they can beat Penn State, they prove they can pl play with the big boys. They can beat teams like Clemson, like LSU, like yeah. um, Minnesota, I mean, like They Georgia. really already have proved that. Uh, they are the big, the quote-unquote big boy of the Big Ten West. And, you know, that is something that they pride themselves in. And looking at the Big Ten as a whole, um, we had that Michigan versus Michigan State game, which two teams that are uh, – Michigan definitely has uh, the more of the hype of the two teams, yeah. but two teams that are really have not been in the playoff, the playoff discussion. Underperformed right? um, Both of them. And then we talk about that. Moving on to what you're talking about, Minnesota uh, making a lot of noise outside the Big Ten, especially with that big win over Penn State. Um, unfortunately not – Coming up with the win at Iowa. Iowa. Which you can't win at Iowa. It that was a good Iowa. game. Iowa is, is yeah, I think, no. is the hardest. I, it's just nobody can win when you go to Iowa when it's a big game. I just feel yeah. like Iowa always comes out. It has proven to be a very games. tough spot yeah. for especially high-ranked opponents to play in. Um, something about that atmosphere and that crowd. And um, coming up this weekend, like I just said, Ohio State hosts Penn State in a top-10 matchup, AP matchup. And then this could decide the winner of the Big Ten East and uh, who's going to the Rose Bowl from the Big Ten. Um, as far as, you know, super teams, not super teams, but the leading teams out of the Big Ten. Uh, Minnesota, for me, that was kind of a hard one to watch. I'd kind of been pulling for them. Um, you know, you don't really call it an underdog story, but right. definitely someone that you wouldn't have thought was in the picture. My thing with uh, Ohio State is uh, I don't really see, like, I see that they're a good team. 
But, like, where is the adversity in their season to be able to go and beat teams like Alabama, Clemson, yeah. Georgia? You know what I'm saying? I, I, see, I see them just beating up on teams a lot. They you know, beat like, get, Cincinnati forty-two to nothing yeah, at like, home, though. You're just—they're just—they're yeah. beating up on teams, but like in the same sense. Can, you play your who's your heart? Penn State, Michigan. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They play Penn State at home and then Michigan on the road. At Those the are the last house. two games, and that's all—that's really their schedule. Yeah. So I don't know if they're necessarily prepared because that playoff is going to be intense, yeah, like it always very, is. That was the best very. idea they ever had to make a college football playoff. I was looking, yes. I was looking back at uh, what you said about Utah. Yeah, they're nine and one, but. Uh, I don't really agree with their ranking, to be honest, because the people they've played is absolutely no one, to be honest. Um, they've lost to, um, uh, let's see here, I believe South Carolina. Uh, no, excuse me, USC. And um, honestly, like, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They got a ton of talent on there. But a lot of their schedule was pretty weak, weak sauce. Um, <laughs> like, uh. I mean, but towards the end of the season, yeah, they started playing Washington, UCLA, California. Yeah. But the beginning of the season was like playing BYU, NIU. Yeah. Um, they're they're playing also. Uh, they're playing Idaho State, like thirty thirty one to nothing. But I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, I feel like it's gonna be just all in all, it's gonna be crazy uh, when, once we get to the the um, the two the two teams trying to fight for the uh, the uh, NCAA AA or NCAA uh, championship title. I think it's gonna be. Uh, it's going to be crazy, but for sure I think Clemson's going to be in there. I mean, Clemson, going over to Clemson, they obviously not as good of a team as they were last year. They lost a lot of pieces to that defense, obviously like Michigan did. Um, but playing at 11-0, and they um, Trevor Lawrence, okay season. Um, not as big of a name as he was last year, taking over the spot halfway through the season yep. and taking them to that, I shouldn't say Cinderella story, but taking them <laughs> – Beating Alabama, beating Alabama, yeah, beating Alabama with literally a quarterback that was a no name half a season ago that yeah. was supposed to just kind of fill the spot, go to the next quarterback the next year. Um, he Trevor Lawrence did a really good job, but I really have not been impressed by him. I mean, they it looks like they they beaten North Carolina by one point. That was a crazy game. Uh, North Carolina should not have went for two that game. Um, I don't know. Yeah. If Clemson lost Clemson that game. Clemson knows how to play football, though. Yeah. If Clemson lost that game, we could be talk- We could have been talking about a completely different story to their season, maybe even a completely different shakeup to yeah. the playoff college picture. football Oklahoma. playoff picture. And be it, as it may, be it as it may, you know, we talk about Trevor Lawrence, and I think part of that namesake of him coming in last year is the – the whole, you know, freshman, oh, my gosh, like, this kid is just dynamic. And he's a very good player, very gifted player. Um, but you don't see his name up in the talks for the Heisman contention. And so that kind of brings me right into our next piece. You talk about um, the correlation you have from the top teams in the playoff picture going right to our top Heisman candidates. Right. You look at Joe Burrow from LSU, Jalen Hurts, is the, our one exception that's who, from Oklahoma. That's who I was who coming has, for, yeah. But has come from one of these top playoff teams and knows how to play that Correct. consistent, high-level caliber of football. Then you have Justin Fields and Chase Young, right, that are coming in at kind of those three and four spots uh-huh. for me, even though Chase Young is uh, still out. Is he still out in suspension or is he back? No, he's back now. He's, he's back, back. back from yeah. the suspension. But um, obviously the quarterback position dominating that, but um, definitely some other people have been making some noise. Well, I think – People aren't giving Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts enough credit. Um, that passing game is explosive. It is. He's yep. throwing 73% right now. 
That's insane. That's insane. Not only that, over 3,000 yards and a 28 to 5 touchdown to interception ratio. And yeah. I'm sorry, but that is that's professional numbers at in, at such a you know qualified university like play football. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow. He's been putting up tremendous stats. He's obviously lighting up the scoreboard. Uh, scoring 42 against Florida. That's your Heisman right there. He scored 23 against Auburn. He scored 46 against Alabama in Alabama. Yeah. And I know that's the game we keep coming back to, but that's the game where, for me, Joe Burrow was kind oh, of – That's where he won the Heisman. That's, right there. That, that's, that's where he won the Heisman. Name. I mean, he <laughs> performed to a level that I don't think anybody was expecting, and I don't think anybody's expecting that good of a game, you know, yeah. and – you know, sadly, two is down now, and I know we wanted to get to that. Yeah. But um, yeah. that is going to definitely hurt Alabama's contention in the playoff. But I really think he just showed, like, he wanted it more. He's a hungry quarterback. Very. Um, and he knows how to play. He, he's agile with his feet. And he picked up a lot of big first downs just scrambling outside the pocket or, you know, stepping up in the pocket. And um, not only that, but he's got he's got a, a couple – or three good receivers for him. But he's throwing – the ball just as much as Tua. They got all almost identical numbers from this season. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think when they were playing, they both had about – what was it? Uh, they were very, very, very um, similar in that in that respect. But you can see Joe Burrow's, like, leadership yeah. and his, like, confidence on that field, I think. Yeah. Joe? The senior from Athens, Ohio, and it's a guy that, you know, bided his time and really waited to get into that leadership role. And now that he has that role, is thriving with it, Right. And someone that before this year, you know, obviously people knew about him. He's a kid at LSU, great prospect out of high school. But to make a name for yourself on the national stage that the way that he has done Mm -hmm. is something, you know, truly remarkable in that he's led such a high-quality program like this to success that, you know, they should be used to but maybe haven't been um, just consistently at this level. And I think that's really, um, you know, kudos to him. He's done a great job. I mean, going over to Chase Chase Young, like, obviously, that one-game suspension, but he's had a really uh, he's had a really uh, great year. That one suspension, which, I don't know, should or should not have been a suspension, but obviously, he's going to be, in my opinion, a top-ten pick. Some NFL team is going to come and look at Chase Young and be like, okay, he can be the next Khalil Mack. He can be the next Aaron Donald. He can be the next playmaker um, that can help win a Super Bowl. That's a fair point, and uh, I think you know a lot of draft stock they will see that in him, and he will get you know selected very highly. But um, wrapping up, you know our three topics today, the big ones, um, we're going to shift away from football for a little bit here and uh, kind of lapse into NBA basketball, right? So we are one month into the NBA season right now. Your season leaders, we have James Harden from the Houston Rockets with 38.4 points per game, which coming off of last season probably is not a surprise to that many people. Um, just a pure scoring machine. Uh, our own, our very own Andre Drummond with 16.8 rebounds per game, leading the league. Always. And then the king himself, LeBron, with 11.1 assists per game out in L.A. Talk about my boy Luca. Talk about Luca. Talk about my boy Luca. Luca. I'm sorry. Really I'm sorry. Year. But I know he doesn't fit the mold of a basketball player, but Luca can score. Yeah. And not only that, but these triple doubles that he's been putting up are exciting. Like, he's just very. an exciting player. Not only that, like, I, had a, I was talking with someone, the comparison between Trey Young and Luca. You know, because they'll always be compared from that draft class. Yeah. You know, that's what um, happens. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and I was saying like, like, yeah, Trey Young is a complete package. He's gonna be, you know, he's got a lot of years to get better. And you, some people could say like, Luca is already at his prime. Okay. But regardless, 
Luca knows how to play, and even when he went up against LeBron, like that was fun to watch. Like he's just a good player. He's a scorer. He's and a he scorer. Gets, he puts the ball in the basket. And he's and got Porzingis on his team. He's he's not touching the. He's not the only guy touching yeah. the ball on his team. And that's, that's what helped I'm him out a lot. With Luca, the thing that has really stood out for me is he's shooting eighty-one percent from the free throw line. He's a power forward. He's a big man. I mean, Andre Drummond, what, his career highest might be 70-something? What, at the, at the stripe? At the stripe, yeah. Oh, that's it generous. Ain't, ain't that that's very like generous. Like 60-something. Maybe Dodge, like 40. Luka <laughs> Doncic <laughs> is shooting 81% from, I don't know if I really from the stripe. A big okay. man, you know, he handles the ball a lot more than Andre let's Drummond. Let's go back, let's go back yeah. to Andre Drummond, though. Uh, yeah. We got Drummond, we got Derrick Rose, we got Blake Griffin, we got Reggie Jackson, all on the Pistons. We got talent, but we don't have the uh the the show of our our skills obviously we're we're sitting right now uh, uh third to last place right now we're four and, uh, no shooters four and ten we have absolutely no shooting no shooters at all. Yeah, i just think uh, you got no wings we're, we're we got no we're, wings as, as they say washed up um we're not doing too hot at all but we have all the talent but as as you just said we don't have any shooters at all well the thing is is detroit's been kind of in a sticky situation of course um They've got a lot of contracts that they've been still paying off. After this season, like, a lot of those are gone. We're going to be getting rid of a lot of people. Um, and the other thing is we are kind of old. We don't really have any young guys. So we don't have money. We don't have young guys. Well, Not a good combination, right. for sure. And, um, you know, the Pistons with Blake Griffin um, missing the first ten games coming off of a knee injury, he's only played in three of the last four. And those limits have been uh, – those minutes, sorry, have been limited uh, for him. And he is definitely an integral – uh, part of this team and uh, him and Drummond up on the boards we definitely need some outside um, support from our skilled players and like you said 4 and 10 14th in the east and it really has been a struggle this year for the Pistons but I mean you like uh, Mitch said we don't got a point guard like Bruce Brown is our starting point guard <laughs> he's a shooting guard that handles the ball occasionally occasionally uh, I mean you got Thon Maker as a backup center yep Thon, I went okay. I went down to the Pistons game against the Timberwolves a couple weeks ago. It was crazy how great of a game Blake Griffin had. But going over to Thon Maker, that guy cannot play basketball. I don't know why Coach Casey is fitting him into the game. You got Christian Wood. <laughs> he on was the a first bench. round draft pick yeah, too. He was. Chris, he's bounced got, around a lot. You yeah. got Christian Wood on the bench, who's proved in the minutes he's gotten in regular season and preseason he can play. He's had some. Insane games. He had a crazy game in Charlotte in the preseason. He had that great game against uh, Cleveland in the preseason. He's proved that he can handle the basketball. He has a great IQ, and he's got a bright future here in Detroit. Give him minutes. Um, definitely. Um, to, to go more towards the NBA side, um, I'm going to talk about my Boston Celtics really quick. And They've always had that talent. You know, yeah. we've seen it. We've seen everything. Story I just Kyrie story Ky place. Kyrie didn't fit. We know Kyrie was the problem there. Okay? okay. And Kemba Walker can ball. Kemba Walker's fun to watch. Always been and but the thing career. with Boston is like is like they have like stars but not like superstars. And now that like Golden State's kinda shook up like that and Kevin Durant's out of the league right now, it's it's fun. Like you got like Toronto who who don't have Kawhi Leonard and they're ten and four. Yeah. You got Boston who's eleven and three. And then when you go to the West, you got Denver, who's always fun. Denver, Denver's got like Jokic, but like realistically, they don't have your like super superstar. You know, they're they just like, they're a good team though. And yep. then you got like, like Utah, Donovan Mitchell's still a baller. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and even Dallas, they're not. The, the league's fun, and I think exactly. this this year might be the last year where we're going to see like once you take those superstars out that are not playing right now. Yeah, I think that's this might be like the last year where we can see like a team that doesn't have that that quite caliber of player to yeah. be able to make it Splitting so up far. The talent. Yeah, and that's been the story of the NBA for too long now has been the super team yeah and if we look at it now the bucks lead the eastern conference they're 12 and 3 uh with lakers leading the west at 12 and 2 um but the thing for me was the lakers defense has been standing out and that's something that you know i don't think about and i don't think a lot of people think about right away uh the lakers obviously a storied uh program storied team you know their history goes way back but it's all been you know we can outscore our opponents and so right now the lakers defense leads the league in blocks per game at 7.8 and they're sixth in the league in opponent's shooting percentage, uh, coming in at just above 42%. And they're shooting, which they're the shooting league. the ball well, yeah. which when you're shooting the ball well and you're not allowing the opponent to shoot the ball well, that is a recipe for success. Well, I think the <laughs> having Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the same team is the that recipe for why you're first in block shots, fourth in assists, and why your defense is so good. I mean, Anthony Davis is such a physical presence, and so is LeBron. It's not easy to just run around and, you know, so... For sure. Well, uh, that is all the time we have today for Cheap Seats. I'd like to thank you guys for listening in. Uh, be sure to tune in next week when we continue to talk about the developing playoff picture in NCAA football, the NFL season, and we'll come back to NBA, possibly with a little bit of baseball. But uh, appreciate your time here today, and thank you for tuning in to Cheap Seats. Have a good one.